Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. The twins, Megan and Luke, are 11, and they're here today for their annual wellness visit with their mom, Joanna. Joanna's kind of concerned because the kids are growing up. They're going into middle school, and she's concerned about a variety of things, including exposure to sex, drugs, alcohol. She has specific questions about the HPV vaccine, and that's where her thoughts are today. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me to discuss uh, issues around the HPV vaccine is Jill Terrian, associate professor and director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Jill. Hi, Frank. So, Megan and Luke, they're getting into middle school and mom's concerned about the HPV vaccine. Can you tell us a little bit about the record of the HPV vaccine since it was first introduced? Yes, Frank. So the HPV vaccine has a great track record. It would be better if we could get everybody immunized. And as we know, that has now been expanded. It was just originally given in, in women, or I should say in young girls, um, and now it's been expanded to boys. Um, and men, and there is even some information and literature out there to expand up to the age of 45. Currently, uh, there are two dosing schedules, and the current vaccine that's being used is the nine-valent type. Um, And so for ages 9 to 14, there are two doses given at zero and six months, and ages 15 to 17, giving a three-dose combination at zero, one to two months, and six months. Well, thank you. That's great. It's great to know we've gotten to that point. Can you talk a little bit about how we can increase um, vaccination rates in our practice? Absolutely. So I like that, you know, Joanne is coming in with her twins. She's got a lot of questions about, you know, uh, them going into adolescence and uh, everything they're going to be facing. So it's every opportunity. So Megan and Luke might be coming back for a sports physical uh, for summer camp. Uh, or a physical for a sports team. And so if they have not received their vaccination, it's another opportunity to talk at sick visits, well visits, and any opportunity you can. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens if, uh, if, if they only get one of the vaccines or whatever? Any influence there? So one is great, but the two for them would be best. But there is some protection offered, uh, even with the one vaccine, if you can get that done. Um, how does one vaccine help help Megan and Luke and everyone else in the community? Actually, there is an interesting study that just uh, came out that looked at um, vaccine efficacy, but it also surveilled four waves of uh, women. They were aged 13 to 26, covered, uh, recruited from a hospital-based community health clinic, And it was looking at the vaccine type HPV in adolescent and young adult women who were vaccinated. And so that was looking at effectiveness. And the second part of it was to look at what type of HPV had been detected in women who were unvaccinated. And they were looking at essentially 
something we call herd protection. And what they found is that over this uh, study time that about 40% of the HPV that was detected in the unvaccinated women was not the type that was cancer-causing. So in other words, because other people in the community had the vaccine, those who were unvaccinated actually had a lower risk of developing serious infection. Correct. Wow. Very so, powerful. Absolutely powerful. And I think that, um, you know, so even as you're vaccinating your patients, you're protecting others. Can you talk a little bit about the term herd immunity? I, yes, because I usually heard it, um, when I first heard it, my remembrance of it was a population health concept, and it was about, you know, influenza and herd immunity. It actually was... Um, something that was used starting in 1923, and it was around uh, measles when they noticed that those that got back, that, um, let's see, it was in 1923, and it was a naturally occurring phenomenon in the 1930s. It was observed that after a significant number of children had become immune to measles, the number of new infections temporarily decreased including the susceptible children. So the children who did not get the vaccine had lower rates of measles because the people around them did. That's correct. That, that's really interesting. So less disease overall. All right, so we've got Joanna here, and she's got the twins, and she's worried. Can you talk about the safety of the vaccine and why you recommend it? Yes. So I think that sometimes it's hard. Joanna's envisioning her children growing up and the things that they're going to be involved in. And so it's really to talk about it as health promotion, disease prevention, and preventing cancer risk. They know, not that you want to hear the word cancer when you have 11-year-olds, but it's a reality. And so you're preve preventing Megan from cervical cancer, and you're preventing Luke from head and neck cancer in the future. Okay, so it sounds like the HPV vaccine is very safe. The risk of any adverse outcome is very low, actually lower than uh, other adverse outcomes in the community. And it provides protection not only to the individual patients, but to everyone else in the community. And I think, Frank, you asked me about safety, and I might have missed that. So because some, some people say, you know, is it safe? You know, and, and so what are the side effects from it? And the reality is, is that it's got a typical side effect profile of any injection, pain at the injection site. Um, but it doesn't have any, you know, adverse outcomes. Yep, I, I, I think that's been pretty clear in the literature, although I think in the popular press, or at least uh, in the Internet, there's always that random story of someone who claims that a, a vaccine almost hurt them. Right. Well, Jill, thanks so much for bringing this forward. I think we all appreciate the value of the HPV vaccine, and I think uh, knowing that using it um, uh, in, in, in most of our population will help lower the risk in the rest of the population. Thank you, Frank, and I think... Again, anytime you have them in your office and you notice they're in need of a vaccination or it's coming up, get it scheduled and get them in. Practice pointer. Aggressive counseling and encouragement helps dispel myths around the HPV vaccine and overall lowers the risk of serious disease in the population. Join us next time when we discuss the influence of artificially sweetened beverages on cardiovascular risk and adverse outcomes. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com podcast and see you next week.